This uh, last Sunday, we started our Advent series on light, uh, overcoming darkness and Christmas. And uh, we looked at darkness, the properties, the person, uh, what, what, is, what is darkness and how palpable. And as Mark and I talked about that in, in the sermon prep, we, we really wanted to make sure that uh, there was an understanding of a need for Christmas. Not understanding darkness would uh, prohibit us from understanding how desperately we need the light and, and subsequently causing us to look at Christmas without the same kind of need or desire. Maybe we're looking for just a, a, a happy Christmas or a, a Christmas with a nice tree. Jeannie and I bought a tree this year, and it could be the ugliest tree we've ever bought. And, uh, and, we put the, and it's just, that's not going to prohibit us from having a great Christmas, but it is not our best Christmas tree year. Um, this week has uh, marked as an illustration for me of the darkness. I saw uh, and experienced and came alongside people that were suffering uh, more than normal weeks for me. And as I, as I met with different people and saw the struggles and how sin and disease and difficulties had racked their lives, there was a weight on me by Thursday or Friday carrying the burdens of people as the darkness is real. And, I, and we were praying this morning and, and uh, we were talking about, you know, maybe this is harder, but maybe it's just us being honest. Maybe it's just saying that all of us are carrying a weight and all of us have experienced brokenness and all of us have experienced the difficulties that come with the darkness. Darkness in the scriptures are just an, an, an illustration of evil and sin. And yet Isaiah 9.2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. That's the promise of Christmas. That a light has shone in the darkness. And in Isaiah's time, clearly they knew what sin did to people. and How it ravaged. And how it broke and how it hurt. Well, this week we look at the person and the properties and the promises of light and Jesus and what a change this is for us. Jesus is the light of the world. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to a group of people who didn't want to hear it on a temple mount. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's the promise of Christmas. That Jesus is the light of the world. It isn't that the world produced their own light. It's that God came close in our broken world, ravaged by sin and brokenness, and brought light. That's Christmas. Jesus is the light of the world. The light of Christ, I'm going to look at the offer of three things. The light of Christ offers genuine faith. The light of Christ, health, I'm sorry. The light of Christ offers eternal life. And the light of Christ offers restored relationships. First, the light of Christ offers genuine health. 
This last week and before I looked at people struggling with illness, people struggling with brokenness in their homes, people struggling with anger and frustration, people lonely, experiencing a first Christmas without somebody or first Christmas where that marriage is done now and how awful it is. And yet I say Merry Christmas to them. What do we mean when we say that? Survive it? Or can we thrive? The light of Christ offers genuine health. Now I took a little bit of time, very little, look, Googling how do you find health. And here are some ideas to find physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. Cleanses. I don't even want to know any more about that. We're just going to say that. <laughs> Meditation. Silence. Sometimes silence is part of the evil of our families, actually. Stretching. I could use a little bit of that. Listening to music. Exercise. I could use a little bit of that. Reading. Going to movies, watching television. And maybe there is some health. I know I have found health in all of these things. Well, maybe minus the first one. I have found health in all of these things in different ways. Sometimes going to a movie brings me joy or brings me peace or brings, you know, it's an escape for a moment from what I'm going through. Television can be the same, reading can be the same, exercise can be wonderful. I'm looking at these things that, that can bring health. I don't want to diminish those, but I'm telling you that the darkness that we deal with is much more pervasive than being able to help with stretching or a conversation with friends. Not walking in darkness is real health. John 8:12 says, again, Jesus spoke to them, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. This is the promise that Jesus is the light of the world and he came to solve our sin problem, the stain that happens in us because of this sin. While walking in light, this health that's offered first speaks to how we, thank you, how we uh, interact with each other, how we interact with ourselves, there is a health that can come to us that is, um, I'm sorry, I can't do two things at once. I'm a man. I'm hanging? I'm hanging. There we go. Go. Just so you know, it is my job to check the batteries, not Andy's. <laughs> so that is on me. Thank you very much. Offering genuine health. That Jesus offers real health. What does that look like? It shows itself, it manifests itself in how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves and how we treat God. There is a health that's available to us that talks about our hearts that isn't dependent on how someone else treats me, but how I'm treating others. It's a peace that, and we're going to talk about shalom in a minute, it's a peace that, ascent, that descends on us and that fills us even in the midst of a crazy world and crazy relationships and broken conversations. 
there was a moment that I was fighting with my brother, and, and he was a year older than me, and we were walking home from Prospect High School to our house in Arlington Heights, and it's a mile walk. And the whole mile, I had scriptures going through my head as my brother was berating me, like brothers do, like I did to him often enough. But for that mile, I stayed quiet and prayed. For that mile, God gave me peace in my heart. For that mile, as I was walking up to the house, I remember in a shocking moment, my brother got quiet for the last 50 yards or so. And he said, I'm sorry. There is a health that God offers that is far deeper than just act and react to the world around us. We are not just pushed around and responding to the world around us, but we can act in Christ with real health. It speaks to what's going on in our lives. In Ephesians 5, 8, 8 through 13, I want to spend a little time in this passage. For at one time, it says, you were in darkness, but now you, have, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Light is about goodness and being right and being honest and true. And this light comes upon us and we're no longer just part of tearing each other down. Being angry, returning anger for anger. But this is talking about walking as children of light. That's the admonition. Because we're no longer darkness and now we're light, we can walk as children of light. And that light is good and right and true. And that's what can flow from us because of Christmas, because of Christ. In verse 10 it says, Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. This is the lens that we look through in light. How can I respond in a way that pleases God? If you're a youth, if you're in junior high, you're in high school, or if you're in the workplace, it's not enough to say, how do I survive and get people to like me? We go through life asking the question, how can I bring health to the world around me? How can I bring light? How can I be a positive force in the world that I'm in? Of course the world that I'm in is broken. Of course people can be mean and harsh and undercutting. And... But those of us who walk in the light, there is a genuine health that's offered to us in Christ. A friend of mine just told me last night about a prayer that brought peace amidst conflict. Health. Genuine health. Continuing on in Ephesians, the admonition is try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. This is the miracle of being in Christ. That we no longer return evil for evil. We no longer return anger for anger. We return peace. I think back to the 
the miracle that God has done in my life and the health that he's brought to my life such that when, when a friend of mine was with my vice principal of my junior high before I was walking with the Lord, when he found out I was a, I was a Christian, he laughed uproariously. He thought, that's crazy. I spent a lot of time in his office for all the bad things I had done. I had a bill sent home to my parents for the things that I'd broken. It never occurred to him that I would be a Christian. But this is what Christmas is about. Bringing life and light to our dark hearts, to our darkened worlds. Bringing health, genuine health. We take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Being children of light, being followers of Christ, means that we step into the light and let our deeds be seen, see if they're actually healthy. And when we're not healthy, we don't justify. We bring it into the light and say, Lord, Cure me. Heal me. And the things that I saw this week, the brokenness that I saw this week, as were opportunities, were an offer from Christ to have a Merry Christmas. In each one of the cases, they could bring their hurt and they could bring their pain and they could bring the stain that they're dealing with and say, I would like a Merry Christmas. I would like genuine health. And I'm here to tell you that the light of Christ offers genuine health. Take no part in darkness. Expose the darkness. So when I say Merry Christmas this year, it comes with a weight to it, actually. Because I recognize we're not prone to a Merry Christmas the way God intended it. We're prone to brokenness. We're children of darkness. But in Christ, we are children of light. And that absolutely affects how we treat each other and how we treat God. The light of Christ offers genuine health. Merry Christmas. The light of Christ offers eternal life. If you look at John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, these are the theme verses for our series, with verse 5 being the theme verse for the whole series. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Light and life play off each other in this passage as if they're the same thing. This life that's offered to us was, in the very beginning, the, the metaphor of light is found throughout Scripture, and in the very first pages of Scripture, chapter 1, verse 3 of Genesis, speaks of God speaking light into existence in the darkness. And finally, in Revelation, the last chapter of the Bible, again, light is what is Light and life are what surround us in heaven, in our eternal dwelling. And I just want to read for you Revelation 22, 1-5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God 
and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is our future dwelling. It is marked by eternal life. It is marked by the life that we were intended for. One never marred or marked or scarred by sin and stain. One that is completely cured. Completely healed. Eternal life. That's the offer of Christmas. In Colossians chapter 1, it speaks of God transferring us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Merry Christmas. But as you look at this eternal life with these pictures and don't necessarily see it that you won't need a flashlight at some point. He's not talking about that kind of light. He's talking about the metaphor of light that there is purity that flows from the throne And this light will put away the darkness forever. There will be no more sin or stain. But as we see this, life will be available to everyone as the water flows down the streets of the city. And the tree of life will be there for the healing of the nations. There will be healing for us in this eternal life. I hear stories of people living a really long time at age 56, I got it, age 57, sorry, I'm a year older. Age 57, your mind starts to go as you get older. At age 57, it sounds exhausting to live for 57 more years. I mean, I'm not ready to go, but there will be no exhausting in heaven. It'll be vibrant. The signs of death and disease will be gone. Blair will have hair on his head in heaven. <laughs> Welcome, Blair, back from Florida. <laughs> Had to take a shot. I'll pay for that later. But the most precious part to me is that we will be in the presence of God his throne, the God and the Lamb, will be right there among us. And we'll worship Him and we will see His face and His name will be on our foreheads. We will be gods and we will be unified with Him and we will be unhindered in our relationship with Him and with each other. This eternal life is like no life that we've experienced. My experience with this life is that life has a way of chipping away at you. All that I imagined when I was young that life would be, it is not turned out exactly the way I imagined. Disappointments 
are right there alongside of blessings. Things that are hard in every endeavor that I've been part of. There have been difficulties and blessings right alongside of each other. And the hope is, the, the dream is, because of Christmas, light overcomes the darkness and wells up into eternal life. Merry Christmas. The end of the story is not difficulty and hardship. The end of the story, for those who believe, see that this is an offer. The light of Christ offers eternal life. Not everyone receives it. Not everyone receives this kind of Christmas. It offers eternal life that begins at the moment that you believe and that the curse of sin is no more. The light of life is what we're known for. The light of Christ offers genuine health. The light of Christ offers eternal life. The light of Christ offers restored relationships. Do you know that darkness produces broken relationships? Do you know given time? There's a, there's a, there's a line that I've heard and wondered at. Familiarity breeds contempt. There have been those who've said, I don't want to ruin our relationship, let's not get married. That is really common today. As if intimacy would ruin relationship. Why would that be? Because in intimacy, you find out that a person is broken. You found out that people are flawed. And you get a front row seat for it. Darkness produces broken relationships. In Ephesians 4, 17 to 19, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, to practice every kind of impurity. I watched the special on the Beatles this week. Anybody see that on Disney Channel? It's a long special. It's like, it's not, not, I'm not suggesting you should watch it. What I'm intrigued by is, here are these guys in 1969, at the top of their game, creating their best work, and they can't get along. They're falling apart. And at one point, Paul McCartney says, in kind of a prophetic moment, 50 years from now, I'm going to get the quote wrong, 50 years ago, we're going, to, we're going to look back and say, what were you thinking to walk away from this? And I was watching it thinking, absolutely. 50 years from now, their careers were never the same when they were apart. But what breaks people apart? What divides well, as I watched the special, you could see it. In their case, drugs, alcohol, both were highly effective in dividing them. 
no longer spending time together. I mean, that's one of them says that. They, they stopped being together. But they were arguing like good English people where they look British people, where nobody's yelling. But you can just see the anger on the faces and frustration. Brokenness is part of the story of this dark world. And yet, light comes to restore relationships. What I read in Ephesians talks about a hardness of heart and a greediness and an impurity and a sensuality and a callousness that is marked by darkness. It's marked by a protection. I will protect myself, and I might have to hit you while I'm protecting myself. And yet in Christ, the hands come down, and there's love, and there's light, and there's peace in relationships. Light produces restored relationships. In 1 John 1, 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. I need to pause here a second and admit that Christian relationships are broken too. And we've got to ask why. We've got to ask why do churches split and why do Christians have broken relationships also? Well, one, it takes two people to walk with Jesus. Like, both have to be walking with Jesus. Because I think sometimes when somebody gets closer to Jesus and somebody's further from Jesus, that actually makes a divide. But the reality is that we are all still part of this broken world, and if we are admitting it to each other, all of us play a part in the brokenness of our lives. I was talking to another friend last night, and we were talking about the church, and we quipped at the end of it, you know, it's the people that are involved in church that really mess it up. And then the quick quip after was, but we're people. We're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the brokenness. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. There is the invitation in Christmas for us to walk in fellowship with each other. To be kind. To not return evil for evil or unkindness for unkindness. To give grace. To forgive. To be kind. To be Christ to each other. That's the miracle of Christmas. The miracle of Christmas is Christ in us and changing our relationships. In 1 John 2, 9 and 10, it says, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Notice that he's talking to brothers. He's talking to Christians. He's saying that Christians can be part of the problem here. That Christians can walk in darkness and not in the light. And I think that we do that. Until Christ returns, 
We do both. We walk in the light and we see redemption and there's times that we walk in darkness and we need to ask for forgiveness. How many times do we have to ask for forgiveness? I can tell you as a pastor, I've asked for forgiveness way more at a much higher rate. Why? Because I've hurt more people as a pastor. I've been in a position where I have an opportunity to hurt more people. And if I haven't apologized to you, I'm sorry. I'm try- I want to walk in the light. That's the invitation to not walk in darkness. What does light produce? What is light like? Light forgives. Light is compassionate. And if we move away from the metaphor, Jesus is compassionate. Jesus is forgiving. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus is generous. And as children of light, we're called to reflect those qualities. And because of that, he gives us peace with others. I want to just take a moment and remind you what does peace mean? What does shalom mean? It's a Hebrew word meaning peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. Merry Christmas. May shalom mark your Christmas. Harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility, and peace. And Christmas, Christ offers this with others. Ephesians 2.14, shalom with others. Shalom with ourselves. Philippians 4.7, as we look at shalom with ourselves, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I can be in the middle of this mess of 2021 holiday season and all the things that might steal my joy or steal my peace or cause me to be anxious or angry. And stretching might help and exercise might help and watching TV or going to a movie may give me a little bit of peace, but the truth is there's a peace available to me that passes all understanding that can meet me on a walk home from Prospect High School. And change the narrative. But most importantly, peace with God. Shalom with God. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christmas is about offering all of us genuine health. Christmas is about offering all of us eternal life. That's what light is. Christmas is about offering us restored relationships. Knowing that we're in a broken world and we won't realize, we'll never fully realize what God offers until we go home. But the offer is there for miraculous peace. Jesus is the light of the world. In a world where people are walking in darkness. In a world where people are lost. 
without peace, who desperately need hope. It's interesting to me that the world is trying to make Christmas about anything but Christ. I mentioned that last week in the sermon, but it's remarkable how whatever we can do to get Christ out of Christmas, that would be politically correct. Politically incorrect is to have Christ in Christmas. Even down to the place where you can't really say Merry Christmas anymore, you have to say Happy Holidays. Because Christmas itself has Christ in it. But here's the truth. If you take Christ out of Christmas, you lose these things that are offered. These things that are offered are not the best you can hope for. It's for people that you like, that like you, that you survive it without getting more people that you don't like and more brokenness. Hold the brokenness at bay. What about those who want Christ in Christmas? There's an offer here. How can we take advantage? In John 12, 46, it says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. It's trust in Christ. What do we do with a brokenness of a week that I've just experienced? Believe in Christ. Believe that Jesus came into a dark world to seek and save the lost. What's the hope for churches? What's the hope for families? What's the hope for us as individuals? Faith in Christ. And that light shines in our hearts and changes the story from within. That whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Merry Christmas. I want for all of you, watching online or here in the service, I want for all of you to experience the light of Christmas. I want you to have that light in your hearts so you can share it with others. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, lost people like me, broken people like me. Last week we talked about darkness and saw that darkness isn't really a thing, it's the absence of light. Light is God's creative, perfect power. His goodness, his health, his wholeness, his shalom offered to us in the dark. That's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I confess that 
my heart has been heavy this week. As I see people hurting and struggling under a weight and a sadness. And I ask that your light would shine. You would have mercy on us. And that your offer in Christ coming close, the incarnation, would become more real as people believe you. That you came to heal us. In Jesus' name, amen.